Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. This episode was originally recorded as a weekly live in the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition group on Facebook. If you'd like to join these lives, watch past replays, or get any of the written summaries I do for these weekly, please head to the link in the show notes, drop me a comment, I'm happy to help you out. Now, let's get on with the episode. All right, we are live. So, happy Tuesday. I just got back today from a long drive in New Mexico, and I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, as I do when I drive. And partially because I'm interested and partially because it's my job, a lot of them tend to be about ultra running. So I had a few things to talk about, and this is going to be a little more off the cuff than these usually are. It's not going to be quite as, quite as planned or quite as structured, be a little more sporadic. But one thing that really hit me was consistency, and I've been thinking about consistency all weekend for a bunch of reasons, but partially because my training always gets messed up when I go out of town. And I got to talking with somebody about what it really means to be consistent. And to some degree, it, it doesn't mean what we might think it means when it comes to training. You don't do the same thing every day. You're not doing the same thing every week. Your days should change, your weeks should change. We all really know that. But I feel like that's a lot of the time what we think when we think of consistency. You get out there, you do your run. Or when it comes to lifting, you go to the gym and you pick up the weights. And it often looks pretty similar. But what I think we really mean when we say consistency is that you're actually trying to do something every day that helps push you towards your goals. Some days that's a rest day. Some days it's lifting. Some days it's doing your long run. And some days it's just nice, slow, easy, and kind of short. But consistency doesn't, definitely doesn't mean doing the same thing over and over, day in and day out. It means taking some sort of step on a regular basis, probably daily, that helps you push towards your goals. And if you have an off day or an off workout or an off like meal, that's fine. I was listening to Peter Atia. Uh, he's a doctor that I really respect. Talk to talking to someone named Lay Norton, who's a PhD on nutrition, and they were discussing different dieting strategies. And for some people, a very restrictive, like very consistent, like day to day, same thing every day diet works very well. For other people, they need a lot more variety. I'm one of those people, and. Peter said something that really kind of stuck with me and actually applies very much to how I run a lot of my own eating and exercise. I try not to like, make, a huge, or make a big mistake or do something bad or like, mess up, whatever you want to call it, two times in a row. So if I miss a workout, I don't miss the next one. And if I have a really bad meal, the next one's going to be good. Like, I try not to stack these issues. And... I think that's a pretty good way to run for me. Might not be for you. For some people, they need this like day in, day out level of stability. And whatever is going to work for you, whether it be diet or training, it needs to fit your life and fit you. And that's what we're really looking for with this consistency. And for some days, that's going to be intervals. There's going to be a real like not smooth transition to the next topic. So. It's also thinking good about intervals and why 
just why, right? Like we talked about them in the past, we've talked about speed work, speed training, and why we structure them as intervals as, at all kind of matters if you're gonna do your own training. So if you went out and ran as hard as you could at a consistent pace for about 40 minutes, that'd be a very specific amount of work, right? Like you run, you try to keep your specific effort or pace, whatever you're judging it by, you hit the end of 40 minutes, you couldn't really do a whole lot more, and we're there, right? Now, if you, that was gonna create a very specific adaptation in your body, it's gonna push you like a certain level, probably right into this like lactate space, because you're bumping up on that hour that we tend to view as like this lactate cutoff or 10K pace, or if you're a really, really competitive runner, it'd be a half marathon. And what we can do with intervals is we can get more intensity at, we can get a higher amount of intensity in a shorter amount of time without as much bonking or crashing. So if you're getting 40 minutes of work, all right, well, you could also do three 15-minute intervals. And during those 15 minutes, you could push harder than you ever do during that 40 minutes because you're not trying to pace yourself. So you can create a bigger adaptation and more work in these 15-minute spans, and then you rest for a little bit, then you do it again. And collectively, you've done harder work for a longer amount of time, but you've had enough rest period to actually allow yourself to push harder consistently. Because when we're looking at training, you are trying to basically stack up minutes or volume or time or whatever you want to call it, but we really care about volume at specific intensities. And somewhere in this like 40 to 60 minute range, 90 if you're really, really fit, you're going to hit this lactate threshold, this like bonking period that you're going to hit for about an hour. And we can create a bigger adaptation, like almost a, like a super adaptation, if we push a little harder in shorter bursts over a longer period of time total. And this is why we run intervals the way we do. So if you're looking at like a VO2 interval, you're going for three minutes. By the end of that three minutes, you're really spent. By the end of your session, you've put in 20 to 30 minutes at that difficulty. But there was no way you were going to hold that difficulty for 20 to 30 minutes. It's just too hard. And that's the difficulty you need to push to get this VO2 adaptation. That's the intensity you need to really create that like physical change in your body. But you can't put in that much time in one go. That's the same thing we see with all of these like efforts and interval changes. So if you're looking for lactate, be the same thing. Do these like 10 to 20 minute efforts, you push really hard, and you'll do four, five of them, maybe probably closer to three, depending on like your distance, but you're trying to stack up like 40 to 60 minutes of work. And you can push a lot harder in each of those sections than you could if you did them all at one go. And that is why we're setting up intervals. So if you're setting up your training, kind of keep that in mind. You're trying to hit this intensity and then do pieces of it so you could stack harder. And if you could run your uh, 15 minute interval for another like 20 minutes, you didn't go hard enough. We need to be kind of done with that piece of work when we get there. If, you run, if you're doing a 15 minute interval, it should be consistent. All of your intervals should be pretty consistent. And then when you're done, you couldn't do much more work. And that means the first one is going to feel a little easier than the last one. But we should be working about as hard on like a pace scale, right? So 
the whole purpose of intervals is to stack up more volume in a shorter period of time. And then last, I was listening to some nutrition advice from some very intelligent people. The problem is they're not like nutrition experts. And I'm not saying I am, I'm not a registered dietitian. Like all of the advice in this podcast is always, and like lives are always like, take it with a grain of salt, talk to your doctor, etc. I never, I don't know you personally. But nutrition advice to me always comes off as so much fear mongering. And it's just really frustrating. So in this particular instance, it was Phil Maffetone. And he has created a whole training system, right? Like Maffetone is like almost a running deity from years ago. He understands training runners to a degree that I hope to one day. But when he talks about food, he basically says that if you ever eat sugar, you cannot build an aerobic base. And it's just nonsense. And I think we end up in this space a lot when it comes to nutrition and training in general, but definitely nutrition, where if you make the smallest mistake, you're going to either underfuel or overfuel or fuel with the wrong things or completely ruin all of your progress. It's a candy, man. Like, you're allowed to have one occasionally, and it's not going to completely destroy your training. Some very, very good athletes, like better than I will ever be, regularly <laughs> eat some, like, we could call them low-quality carbohydrates. And they do very well. Some of these people are Olympic winners, right? That's kind of where we are. And your diet needs to fit you and your lifestyle. And you're allowed to have a little bit of leniency. And in fact, if you have a bunch of muscle mass, which you almost certainly do as an athlete, then you can get away with a lot more than we'd normally see recommended for the general day-to-day -day populace that sits in front of a desk all day. And... Back to that talk about with, between Peter Atiyah and Lane Norton, Lane actually points this out, where he eats 70 to 80 grams of sugar a day. He also gets 60 to 70 grams of fiber. He's a natural professional bodybuilder. And he eats a ton of food, but 80 grams of that on a fairly regular basis is sugar. And when they've test, he's tested his inflammation levels, they're not even chartable. They don't approach the chart. That's because he has so much muscle mass that he just uses the sugar. And that's a lot of us as athletes, right? Like we have a good amount of muscle mass. We put in a good amount of work. So if our diet is overall healthy, like whole, minimally processed foods, good amount of fiber, definitely hitting our protein goals, our carbohydrates can come from sugar sometimes. And it's not going to destroy this like base or effort that we're looking to build. We can have some leniency in our diet. It doesn't need to be this like atrocious fear-based thing. That said, those caveats do matter. You need to eat real food and like get micronutrients and some fiber and protein and all of these things. But saying the statement like you will ruin all of your aerobic base development because you had some candy or a pizza is just not backed up by anything I've seen at all. So the fear-mongering needs to stop because it's just not helping. This is how we end up in a situation where like, we're just seeing year after year this building instance of like, REDS, relative energy deficiency in sport, because we just keep cutting out foods 
that can help athletes train better and eat food. And we just tell them that it's not okay to eat them. And as a result, you end up injuring yourself. There you go. Esther, I ate a lot of jelly beans during my runs. This makes me feel less guilty. I'm glad, because it should, because you're going to do a bunch of stuff. And as a, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, I do Esther training. Like, as the one who sees your training peaks data, that's probably good. It's a good thing, because you do a lot of work, as do a lot of people in this group. They do a lot of work, so we can get some sugar occasionally. Anyway, that's all I have for today. Sorry, it's a little, like, off the cuff and shorter. It's definitely not like one of my longer podcasts, but I did also just finish driving 10 hours. If you have any questions, pop them in the chat real fast. I see a couple people still watching. If not, I'm going to head out and go get myself some food. So thank you for being here. I really appreciate it. Um, I'll be back next week with a little more of a deep dive, as we usually do. And I will talk with you later. Hope you have a good day. See ya. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian, and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.